Good morning, everybody. My name is Alex Baird. I'm the lead pastor here. We're so glad you decided to join us. And uh, like Joel mentioned, we're starting a brand new series called Running on Empty. And uh, when you hear that, uh, it, it's not the most motivating or promising title, um, but that's oftentimes where we, we find ourselves. And so the tagline is, how do we find rest in a restless world? And uh, if you look at the image here, and the front of your program has the same image, you, you'll see a battery. And I think probably all of you have a, a cell phone device, device, I'm sure of. But what do you do when your device gets to that point? Do, do any of you have a little bit of like a freak out mode? Like maybe it goes to 10%, the color changes, and now it's red. And then it goes to nine. And then you, you, know, you need to get somewhere and you think like the Google map, will I be able to even think and get to where I need to go if it runs out? And uh, oftentimes with our devices, it's like the, the tune, okay, we got to get that plugged in. We got to get that recharged. Uh, but oftentimes in life, uh, it's easy to, to not pay attention to really where we are in our life. And we can be running on empty. We could be at that point where we desperately need to be recharged and we don't even realize it. And so this series is how do we, with God and as we look to him, how do we find the real rest that God wants to give? And it's a rest that comes as a gift from him. And it's not a series about how to ignore all your responsibilities and be on vacation the rest of your life. Uh, that seems promising. But it's actually in the middle of all that we have going on where we have to learn how to really rely on God and, and how to focus on him and how he brings the help in the middle of all those things that you have on your plate and I have on my plate. And so as you're here today, I hope you'll come back for the rest of the series. I'll give you a preview a little bit later uh, in, the, in the sermon uh, just so you can kind of know what we're going to be covering. But I think it'll be a help as we look to the scriptures and more importantly, as we look to God uh, really to move us po- forward uh, as we do life in a crazy world. Uh, today, I'm talking about villains of progress. So if you can think of a progress as uh, growth, uh, that's what this series is about. How do we grow? But I want to define a couple terms, terms related to this, this idea of, of running and empty, since that's what this series is about. Uh, the word running, the activity of managing or operating something. And so again, you have to be doing things for life to to make, you know, to go forward, to make progress. There's, there's operations, there's uh, stewardships. And then empty, uh, the first words, they're like, that's not the most helpful, containing nothing. You're like, well, thank, thank you for that. But, but then it goes on. It says, but having no real purpose or value, we can feel like that at times. And then it says, having no effect. You might be doing a lot of things, but you're not seeing anything happen. And then it's not sincere or meaningful, not showing emotion or life. As that definition goes further, it actually becomes more of an empty definition. It, it's not that, that hopeful, but that, that's how we can feel. We're operating in this thing called life, and there feels like there's no emotion and there's no value. There's like no passion for what we're doing. And for all of us, we can get in these points where we just don't make that, that progress. And so today we're going to highlight some of those villains that stop that progress, that stop that growth. And since it's Father's Day, I thought we'd have a little bit of fun. Any, like, comic book fans, you know, okay? You know, you three, we're really going to be excited. <laughs> so I, I really want max participation, and you can get an extra donut. So when we're done, you get to stand up, and you get off whatever donut you want off that board, okay? So we're going to play a little game, and the rest of you guys can just be here and listen, okay? Um, I'm going to show a villain. Now, this is kind of tricky, because for each hero that I'm going to show, they could have multiple villains, right? Joey, Aaron, and Pablo, right? 
So it's tricky. Uh, since the rest of you didn't raise your hand, you don't even get to say anything, okay? I'm just kidding. You can participate. You can participate. So first hero, here it is. Who's the villain? That's Batman. Joker. Good job, guys. There it is, Joker. Okay, the next one. Now this one's tricky. Superman. Lex. Okay, it's not you. All right, all right. This is your world. This, I'm just living in it, okay? <laughs> Superman, Lex Luthor. Okay, Spider-Man. Mm. Oh, Green Goblin. There it is. Uh, Thor. Now this one. Ooh, ooh, Loki. Good job. Okay. Now my my daughter's here, and I was sharing you know my great idea for this this morning, and she says, "Well, what if it just just be a picture of themselves? Because aren't they their worst enemy?" <laughs> like I'm not. I haven't had enough coffee to process that yet. But but now in in these like in, in all fun. Thank you for participating. Go, go get your donut, guys, okay? Um, in, in these movies and in comic books, the, the heroes and the villains are intriguing, and pretty early on, you can discover who the villain is, and that's what makes the story so powerful. That's what we're drawn to in stories. It's always a protagonist and antagonist, and you want to know how the hero is going to move forward and face the villain and the obstacles, but in life, oftentimes, the villains that we face are not nearly as noticeable. Oftentimes, we're being worn down and we're not growing because of things that are just kind of under the radar. Things that are just normal, just like breathing. We just do it, and we do it repeatedly. But over time, they actually are really taking the life out of us. I want to highlight a few of these villains related to time, related to progress, productivity. The first is ambiguity, not deciding what's important to do right now. This is what I call a Monday. It's like the start of a week, you've got all sorts of stuff on your plate, but then as you look at everything, you're just not sure what, what you should be focusing on. And the idea with that is that there's a lot of things that are probably vying for your attention and my attention, and we just kind of feel pulled. And that's the next villain, overload. Feeling so overwhelmed that we can't see what's most important. You ever feel like that in your life? I know I do. This is like beyond the ambiguous. There's just so much that I, I don't even know how to move forward. And then the third, this is for those young kids out there, this is the FOMO, the fear of missing out. Fearing we'll waste our life and miss out on all the fun. But entertainment and pleasure, that can be something at a very high you know, priority for us. But if you chase those, those things that could be fun in the beginning are a real villain in the end because it can take you down a disastrous path. And then the last one, and one that we're going to be coming back to repeatedly is, is hurry. An over-busy and digitally distracted life of noise and speed. So think about those two words at the end, noise. Is there noise in your life? Think about that. Is there a time when you have a moment where it's actually quiet? Now, there's a lot of young parents in here. You're like, I don't even know what quiet is, you know, because with, with kids, a lot of times, it, it is a lot of, just a lot of noise. And not all of that's bad. But there's even things, like we can go on a car ride, and the first thing we do is like we get you know, music going. We, we're listening. We're, we're always on. We're always connected. And then speed. With the advances in technology are also the advance, advancement of just information that we're always connected to. There's, there's like no separation. A Dallas Willard, it was a philosopher, a philosopher, a philosophy professor at USC, great thinker, wrote some really good books on the spiritual life. And uh, he had this. He said, 
the greatest enemy of the, the spiritual life, of spiritual growth, is hurry. Because he was asked, how, how do you get ahead? How do you make sure you grow? And he says, you need to ruthlessly eliminate hurry from your life. Now, that's not necessarily what I would think. But if you think of this, this just pressure that we have and we've placed on ourselves and in our society and in our culture, there's always this movement and getting and knowing and understanding and just being connected and connected and connected that over time it can really wear us down. And so how do we live in this technologically advanced world and at the same time have a little bit of margin and measure for God to still speak to us? Because if it's always noisy and always fast, then how do we hear? How do we hear from God? And so that's what this uh, series is about. Um, If you give in all these villains and you experience it, if you don't make corrections, just like any villain, it can begin to destroy And the destruction related to our time and productivity is burnout. And this is burnout. Exhaustion of physical or emotional strength, usually as a result of prolonged stress or frustration. Something is beginning, and you're stressed and you're frustrated, and you think it's going to let up. But if you don't make any changes, it doesn't let up. You're getting the results of the choices you make just like I get the results of the choices I make. And so as life goes on, if there's no change, then burnout begins to happen. And once you get to that point, that's where it goes from like 10% of your, your low battery of your life to like now you're at one. And things don't function as well. I came across this statue. This is interesting. This is called the Statue of the Tired Man. It's actually based on a poem from a Hungarian poet written in the early 1900s. And the poem is just about this this pursuit of life to always chasing and chasing and chasing. And this sculpture was so inspired that he created this picture. And when you look at this, it's actually very intriguing. I may come across as like an art buff just by what I've said. But when I look at that, there's a part that does give me pause Because you see, kind of in a way, the strength of this statue because of what it's made of, but then this complete just collapse of life. And that's the picture, not just of the tired man, but of burnout. This is not the way life is supposed to be lived. That's not the life that God has for you. That's not the life that actually will bring fruit and blessing to others and to yourself. But if we don't look to God for help in the middle of all we have coming on, we're really just kind of just steps away from this. And so I want to keep, you, you know, keep this in mind because this series is really about not just addressing the problem, but what are things that we need to do differently. And so I want to take it one step further, and this isn't to like, you know, depress you even more. But let's just talk briefly about signs of burnout. Because if this is that place where we get to where it's really not good, how do you know? And I'm going to go through this really fast. And as I do this, maybe just do a little tally mark on your listening guide or just make a note. If any of those like relate to you, like if you felt this in maybe the last three months, okay? So uh, we're not going to divide the room up by who's burnt out because the ones that are really burnt out, they won't even be able to get up, right? Like, That was bad. That was terrible. But okay, number one, your passion fades for what you're doing. 
Maybe it was once there and now it's not. It could be work. It could be even just in relationships. Number two, you're numb. You have a hard time relating to highs and lows of life people. As people talk to you and share with you, you're, you're just having a hard time even engaging. Have you ever talked to somebody and they share like hard things and you're like, I can't deal with that right now in my life? There's a reason for that. Number three, little things make you dis- disproportionately emotional. You know, when you're really young and you're a toddler, this happens. You know, they're really tired. And you tell a toddler, you need, you need to take a nap. You need to rest. No, I don't. And they just burst into tears. And you're like, okay, yeah, yeah you're fine. Yeah, absolutely. You're showing me you're completely in control right now, right? And they just, they blow up. But we can have that too. Now, it, oftentimes, it, hopefully it's not weeping and sobbing in front of like a coworker that asks us something. But we can react. We can react really harshly, really strongly to those people that we love. Number four, people and tasks drain you. Number five, you become more and more cynical. Number six, nothing satisfies you. Number seven, you can't think straight. Number seven, I'm like, uh uh-oh. I find that a lot sometimes, just trying to make sense out of things. Number eight, productivity is dropping. Number nine, you're self-medicating. Number 10, you find yourself not laughing anymore. Number 11, sleep and time off no longer refuel you. So look at 7 through 11 right there. Any of those you've experienced recently? Just ask the question, like, do I experience that? And then go back to, to one, through, 1 through 6. What about that? Anything? Now, that's not to be, like, to cause stress. That doesn't help you. But it is to identify, like, maybe there's some choices you're making. Maybe there's some things that are going on that God wants to speak to you about. Maybe there's some reorienting. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Here's the good news. Uh, No matter what you're facing, God God will help you. And that's the point I want to really drive home today. God's never too tired or weak to help those who are too tired and weak. That's a promise. So think about what makes you tired in your life, what makes you weak, where you just feel like you don't have the power to move forward. Uh, for some of you, it could be your, your family life. You may be new parents. In first service, we had like two new babies. This was their first time at Ridgeview Church. But if you've ever had a new baby, you know like there's a tiredness that you have that's like another level. And so just in family life, sometimes you can just feel really tired and just kind of spinning. Your work could be really difficult. You may have problems with the relationships at work. You could just have tasks that feel beyond you. You could just have too much that you're doing in your life. You just feel like you can't keep up with it, and you're just being pulled in so many directions. You're stretched thin, and you're stretched thin. It just feels like something's going to break. All of us have different things going on, but we can all be at this place where we really need this truth. Because we are tired and weak people. But if God is never tired nor weak, we can have a lot of hope. There's a lot of hope that can be found. Um, In the Old Testament, if you've ever read that, that's an account of God working through his people, the, the Israelites, through many trials, some triumphs. But it's really this picture of a group of people that are following God, but at the same time, rebelling against him, turning away from him, facing problems that they think is beyond God and trying to do things on their own power. 
the reason I bring that up is, is that's true for us too. We face a lot of trials. Some of you face tremendous difficulty in your life. And it, it's weighed on you. It could be from your past. It could be what you're facing right now. But in the Old Testament, when you read, you get this account of a God who continues to draw to people that need his help desperately. Despite the things that we face, God, God will help. And in the book of Isaiah in the Old Testament, we have this, this promise. It's really a comfort to God's people. So as I read this, uh, if you have your listening guide, and I encourage you, look at that. It's got the scriptures on it. You can, you can take notes. But as I read this, maybe pay attention. What are some words and descriptions that stand out to you? It starts with a description of who God is. And then if that is true, it concludes with the promises that we can have because of that. So let's read it. It says, do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Now, before I read uh, the, the next section, again, this is in the context of the Old Testament. The people of God, the Israelites, were to serve him and him only. But they were around four nations who served other gods and worshiped idols. These idols made, made by man. And so this description is really a contrast to the idols that we tend to focus on in our own life. We have our own idols here in our country. We have our own idols in our day. But an idol is something that takes our attention and worship from God and puts it on something else that we think will come through for us. It could be within us. It could be what the culture has to to offer. But this is a contrast to this false worship. We're all made to worship. The question is, who do we worship? And this is a description of the living God. And then verse 30 says, even youths grow tired and weary and young men stumble and fall. Now, when you read this, that should give you pause because the question I have is like, really? Because youth always seem like they have energy. Even at sports camp, I don't know how many times we've said like, we are so thankful for the young people of our church because they're not popping ibuprofen every morning and night, right? But it's really this description of the finite person. Young or old, experienced or inexperienced, unwise and wise, it doesn't matter who you are, even the people that would be the least tired will wear out eventually. But but God will not. And then verse 31, it says, but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Uh, For me, there's a tremendous amount of comfort in this passage. I encourage you, read that this week. Take some time to really reflect on each phrase, each description. So as I read that, if you could put, uh, go go back to the the beginning there, Gwen, if you don't mind, or Aaron, and uh, look at that. Verse 28 through 29. Just look at the screens. Are there any words there that jump out to you personally? Yell it out. Everlasting, not grow tired, creator. If I do this long enough, it's like every word, like, you know, but, but you could see like, okay, this is a description. It's a contrast. And so one thing you want to do with scripture is you get it for yourself is don't just read it like a school assignment. You know what I mean? 
Like I've, I've read so many books where I'm turning pages and somehow my eyes move the page and my fingers turn it, but I don't have any idea what I've read. Scripture can't be like that. You, you, have, to, you have to pause. And God's gracious. Sometimes we don't understand and sometimes we're tired and we can't fathom, but, but you read it and it's like it's rich. It's the truth for which we can build our life. And so I want to talk about how do we bounce back from burnout, from being tired, from running on empty based on this passage, specifically based on who God is. And so there's four things. The first is we have to be a people that remember. Now, when you're tired and weary and somebody tells you to remember, you're like, I can't do anything else. But we have to remember God. Probably can't keep track of everything in your life. Every detail. It can be exhausting. But you can remember the living God who wants to help you. And why is that important? Well, he doesn't grow tired. He doesn't grow weary. And his understanding, no one can fathom. So this is, you know, a really interesting word picture. So it's no one can fathom. It's like you don't understand how much God, what, understands. Isn't that very interesting? You can't possibly understand how much God understands. So whatever you're facing in your life, all that you have on your plate that's weighing you down, that feels like it's just causing you to just walk and move at such a slow pace, God understands everything you're dealing with. And he knows what you're dealing with. And he is the living God that's resources never run out and his strength never runs out. And so you have this just endless help from God himself. What a tremendous truth for those of us who are running on empty. It's part of the Christian life. If you are yourself a follower of Christ or you're investigating, one of the most important aspects of the Christian life is to remember God in the middle of all that you face. Again, if you read the scriptures specifically, the Old Testament, there was always this command to remember the Lord your God. Remember the Lord your God. And they would build these piles of stone and and little altars of God for what he had done as he saved them, as he rescued them. It's the same for us. Our life can be a track record of God's faithfulness if we remember him and how he comes through. Number two, uh, we have to rest. Why do we have to rest? Well, again, if the strongest, the youth and young, if they grow tired and weary, then all of us, grow tired and weary. And so there's just times in your life with all that you have going on, you have to rest. And you may not feel like you can rest because you have so much going on. But this is where the rest is fueled to remember. Why can you rest? When the scriptures were actually commanded to have a Sabbath, to take a day off of work, to remember God, to worship him. Well, that remembering is actually, it is worship. So when you rest, you're kind of putting into practice that God is real. And I don't have to take all of the control of all my life because I know God is working on my behalf. That's part of what resting does. It reminds us that we can't do it all. Just get under your skin a little bit. It does me. Because you're, you're forced to face with, again, your, your own weaknesses. But that's what rest does. We can't keep going. Now, Rest does not mean just vacation. 
Now, this is a sermon you want to hear. My pastor just said, I just got to take a vacation for the rest of my life. Our church would grow exponentially. But that's not the truth. It's actually, you rest, but why do you rest? Is because there, there is a working responsibility we have. They go hand in hand. But in the middle of our work, in the middle of our rest, it's always tied to this remember. Number three, it's going to be another R, a recalibrate. He gives strength to the weary, and he increases the power of the weak. Now, this is, again, tied to that remembering. It's tied to that, that rest. There's a recalibration uh, that happens. Now, in your, in your handout, you should have the listening guide that looks like this, if you open it up. And then there's an extra handout. I want to draw your attention to this. You'll see it up on the screen. In your listening guide, you should have that. Now, this extra handout is, is a resource for you, and it has the scripture on the top, Isaiah chapter 40. Again, this is something you want to meditate and think about yourself. Underline words, reflect on them, really chew on this passage. But then you see there's, a, there's like a T, a T outline there, and there's two questions. Where am I tired and where am I weak? So tired, meaning you just, you feel like you, you, you can't move forward. You're, you're drained in a certain area. You, you don't necessarily have the, the, the strength to, to move on. And then where am I weak? is are there things that you're facing that feel like they're beyond you, like you don't even have the understanding or maybe the ability or maybe the capacity to handle right now in your life? Because what the scripture is saying is if God is who he said he is, based on Isaiah 40, and you see the beginning of that passage is, do you not know, have you not heard? It's a question. It's a question to give reflection Like, do you really believe this? Because if you really believe this, there's some promises that you have to hold on to. And so it's vital. So what I'd like you to do right now, and we're going to actually do this literally. We'll just do this for a couple minutes. Because I think this is so important for us to pause and to think about. Because you have things weighing on you, and, and I have things weighing on me. And so I'd like you to just work through those two questions. Where am I tired? Where am I weak? And you may just have to take just a few seconds just to recalibrate your mind before you can even answer. But let's just take a moment and jot some things down in your own life where you feel tired, where you feel weak. Go ahead and do that right now. Okay, so without sharing like maybe specific things or or people, um, what are some categories that make you tired or weak? Like what, what is a category of some things that you wrote down? Feel free to shout those out. Health, work, parenting, maintenance, chores. Oh, that's a good one. I hate chores. Any others? Yeah, just multitasking. You know, you think of these categories, you're never really done with it. I mean, even with parenting, you'll always be a parent, so there'll always be concerns that you're concerned about, and health, and responsibilities, and chores. You take out the trash this week, guess what you got to do next week? Or if you have a big family, guess what you have to do tomorrow? You have to take out the trash again. And so these things are normal that we all have. Now, there could be some things that are extra 
tiring or extra weighing on us, but these are the things that we face in this life. And so the book of Isaiah is encouraging us. You, you have to really identify those things so that you can remember God and experience the help that he wants to give. And as you kind of ex, you know, exchange those, that's where that recalibration happens. Now, if you look at the bottom, the foundation of the things that you're tired and the foundation of the things where you're weak is God's strength and his power. I created this visual because I want you to see if you're a follower of the living God, your life's foundation is not hanging by your own strength or your own understanding. It's actually supported by God himself. You're not alone, and you don't have to be alone. He offers you a relationship. That's what we're going to be talking about in this series, the importance of the relationship with the living God. I want to give you a, a brief a series preview, and I encourage you, think through more of this this week, this scripture. I encourage you to do that. Uh, here, here's what we're going to be covering over the next few weeks. Uh, next week, we're going to talk about just being just beyond busy and how do we become less busy. And it's not like we're going to do a job share program here at Ridgeview Church, but it will be like, maybe what are some ways that we need to turn down the noise that creates some busyness? So we'll talk about that next week. The week after, we'll talk about best practices, really like some spiritual disciplines that will help us become less hurried people. And then the week after that, uh, what does it mean to be productive? How do we gauge like productiveness according to the scriptures versus productiveness according to our culture? How do we see ourselves, like our image? Uh, the week after that, uh, talk about the chaotic life and how God gives peace, the character on July 23rd, the character that God wants to grow in us as we deal with hard things and a lot of things in our life. And then the last week on July 30th, we'll talk about just some practice of effectiveness. And this is not like a business management of time, but, but, but God's management. How does, he, how does he help us? And how does the relationship with him bring that? And so I, I hope you'll join us for this. And then the last point from this scripture is as we do these things and as we remember and as we rest, we can experience just being restored and being renewed. Uh, restore means to return uh, something to a former condition, a place, or a position. And you'll see the scripture there in verse 31. It says, but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Note, it's hope in the Lord. That's one of those phrases you want to underline. It's like, it's hoping in him. It's not acting and just running away or escaping from my responsibilities. It's in the middle of my responsibilities, I place this active hope in him. And how do you do that? Well, again, it's this, this resting. It's this recalibration. It's this remembering. As you do those, you can be renewed. It's not passive, it's, it's, it's an active. Now, that word renew that you see in that scripture means to change or exchange. And so if you think back to the way things that you're tired and you feel weak in, the way God brings the renewal is, is you exchange your tiredness and your weakness for God's power and God's strength. 
You don't have to come up with that with yourself. It's an exchange of the relationship with God. That's what he wants to give you. And just like any relationship, that's why you have to invest in it. And as you invest in a relationship with God, you're exchanging your weakness and your tiredness for his strength and his power. That's what God wants to bring us. And that's powerful. That should give us a great hope. Now, as you read this this passage, it seems to just shift right there at the end. And now we have this word picture. And what's the word picture? Well, it's they will soar on wings like what? Eagles. Now, as Americans, like we like eagles. Here's a, here's a picture of an eagle, right? It kind of represents this, this like freedom, right? But an eagle is, is actually a very interesting species. Is that right? Word species? What's a bird family? Isn't that our name for that? Does that work? Good, because we didn't know, any of us knew, I, and I might just be making stuff up, which is probably the case, but I feel like the birds are in us, their own thing. I'm going to move on. Good night. Wow, this is going off the rails, I'm trying to be a, okay, I'm going to stop. All right, so the picture here is, is of an eagle, and what's interesting about an eagle is the size of their, their wings, they're, they're beautiful when, when they're, they're drawn out and there's this just the spread of flying. But the thing about their heavy wings is that they actually really can't survive a flight if they continue to flap their wings because the weight of their wings will actually destroy them. They're too heavy. Thank you. That, made, that, renewed, that felt good. You guys, like, resonated with me. I'm going to stop. I'm still off the rails. But I'm trying to be an animal expert. And all that keeps coming to mind is crocodile hunter. And I don't know why. Like, I want to talk Australian, but that's going sideways. Okay. Back to, back to the eagle. Okay. Um, but it's this beautiful, this beautiful creature. But the thing about it is the thing that makes it this beautiful in the, in the flight is that if they incessantly just flap, then the weight of those wings will, will actually, like, kill them. Like, they can't support the weight of continuing to flap. And so they, they've learned, and this is part of just these creatures made by God, they, they know that this breeze will come and their wings are big enough that they don't have to flap. They're just supported by the wind that takes them. And that's why this, this scripture is so important. It uses this picture because it's saying that we can be like a people that don't keep having to try and earn and figure and flap our own strength and energy. If we do, we'll die. We won't go anywhere. But we can soar. We soar not because of our own strength and our own dreams. We soar because of the power and strength of the living God. So next time you see an eagle, remember the promise. You'll walk and not grow weary. and You don't have to faint because the living God wants to help you. I want to walk through just some next steps as the the band comes up. These are some things that you can do uh, this week as you consider these things. Now, anytime on a Sunday you hear someone like myself, like a pastor, talk to you about the scriptures, and you're listening for a portion of time, uh, that can be helpful. But the great thing about this living God is he wants to speak to you repeatedly. He wants to help you, and he'll speak to you personally. And so I encourage you to reflect on these things in your own life. And the first next step is come back next week to to learn and be part of this series. I think it'll be a help to you. Uh, The second one is just work through this sheet again. Just list out just some areas. Maybe you just need to think more about this and slow down. 
Where are those areas where you feel tired and you feel weak? Do this. I, th- I think this will be a help. And then one of the things you could do is you see this passage on the top. What if you just brought that to your memory? Like you, you actually just memorized a verse each day this week. And you memorized it. And now it's, it's on your mind and it's, it's a part of you. And the beginning is so important. Do you not know? Have you not heard? What it's saying is do not forget. Well, how do you not forget? You have to get God's word into your life. And you do that by memorizing scripture. And so I encourage you to do that. And then the third, uh, decide to become a Christian uh, for the first time. Uh, in a room like this, we all have different journeys and pasts and directions that we're headed. But I just want to encourage you, if you've never decided to follow the living God, who we've described today, and if you were to take a step back and be honest with yourself and your life, you may decide that, you know, you are doing things on your own strength, and you've been flapping your own wings as long as you can remember. But there's a relationship that God wants to have with you, but it begins with you admitting that you need him. And that you're a sinner and you're lost and, and you need his help. And the sin that we confess to God is just we've, we've done wrong. And because we've done wrong, we need his forgiveness. And God in his almighty love and power sent his son Jesus to die for sinners. And because of Jesus, we can be forgiven. So I think sometimes in our life, we can spend so much time hurrying to try to prove our worth to this God we may believe in or may not. But there's nothing that you can do in your life to prove your worth. The great news is because of God and what Jesus has done, you can be forgiven and made whole again. And so if you never decide to follow Christ, you're not sure what it means to be a Christian, we want to help you with that. We believe this is the most important decision you can make in your life. And so on the connection card, you'll see on the physical one, you can fill that out. Uh, you just Say, send me info about following Jesus, and we'll, we'll do that, and we'll follow up with you. On the digital connection card, if you scan that QR code, you can see it on there. Uh, we are a group of people that are not perfect here at Ridgeview Church. But for those of us who've decided to follow Christ, we can read this passage of Isaiah 40 and know this is true. We serve a God whose understanding we cannot fathom, but whose power and strength he gives to us. That's what we can bank on, and that's the hope that we can have. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you for this opportunity to gather in your name in a world where there are so many options to keep ourselves busy. We can choose on this day to to be in the church and the household of God. I thank you for everyone here, their uniqueness and the different things that they have on their plate. And it's in those things that we're facing where you really want to help and draw near to us. So God, I just pray for those who just feel burdened, overwhelmed, and stressed. As the anxiety in our lives and the busyness increases, oftentimes we want to work harder. But God, that is the moment in which we can exchange our own work to the worth that we can find in you. So God, we confess our need for you We confess that pull that we have to try to prove ourselves. But we thank you for the acceptance that we have through your son, Jesus. We thank you, Lord, that as we remember you, 
we can exchange our weakness and our tiredness for your power and strength. That's the hope that we have in you. In the name of your precious son, Jesus, I pray. Amen.